defined as a feeling of agitation caused by the presence or imminence of danger. Why do you think people believe in ghosts? This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You're under arrest. No, it wasn't me. It was the one-armed man. All right, I confess. I did it, you hear? And I'm glad. God, I tell you. What are they going to do to me, Sarge? What are they going to do? Sorry, son. That's not my department. Well, now I really believe this. Well, you better go now, Dave. Before the clowns take over, huh? And when you get back from saving the world, I want a full written report so I can give it to the chief when he gets back on Monday. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Inside Movies Galore. I'm your host, David Streggy, and here in the room with me, I have a local film. Uh, uh, well, he was local, but now he lives in uh, California? That's right, yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, and uh, well, okay. we, we, we can start with my name, uh, I'm T.C. DeWitt, uh, and I do still consider myself local to Wisconsin, that's where I was born and raised, and that's where I consider home, even though I currently live out in Los Angeles, uh, I will always be a Wisconsin boy. Gotcha. <laughs> so, uh, how did you get involved in filmmaking, uh, um, and... Uh, uh, I'm going to probably ask you about uh, one of the first films that you uh, did here uh, called The Seven uh, Year Wish, or is that where uh, that your first short film? Or Well, uh, first, thank you for having me on for this. Um, I've been following your show only for a, little, a couple weeks now, but uh, it's, it's fun. I like this. Um, I, uh, so Seven Year Wish was near the beginning of what I like to consider my, my filmmaking career. Um, I have always loved telling stories and goofing off with my friends with our video cameras growing up through middle school and high school. And, and uh, I'm, I'm a class of 2000 guy, and I really feel like we missed the YouTube boom by like five years. Because <laughs> like, the, the stuff we were making just being dummies as kids would totally be the kind of stuff that goes viral now. Ah, whatever. <laughs> uh, but in that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or, um, well, anyhow, uh, 2010, um, Chad Haverson and a couple of friends had done the 48 
that I, I had been went to elementary school together. We had a band in college together. Uh, and he and a couple friends reached out to me in 2010 and said, hey, we're doing this thing called the 48-Hour Film Festival. Last year we didn't have a writer. It was a disaster. Would you like to come and be the writer with, with another guy for this? Yeah. And uh, I had, I had my, my bachelor's degree in writing. Um, I had been, I'd been writing and telling stories for years. Uh, but that was my first experience sitting down writing a screenplay tick on a ticking clock and and trying to and finishing the movie and that movie was dangerous summers okay uh and that that opened the floodgates uh, up to that point i had thought oh i want to make movies i want to write movies and i had some misconceptions about it i had i had learned a lot of lessons moving out to los angeles Luckily, I didn't come out here with the attitude of, I'm going to be the next big thing. I came out very <laughs> eager to learn, and I was able to apply all that to Seven Year Wish, or sorry, to Dangerous Summers. That got the, got the ball rolling, and next year, we did Seven Year Wish, and that's still one of my favorites that we've ever done. <laughs> now, were you in, uh, involved in any of the direction of Dangerous Summers uh, while you were writing it, or uh, did you have any more involvement than just the writing? Uh, fun funnily enough, yes. Uh, I was I was only brought on as the writer. I came in knowing I wasn't going to step on any of these people's toes. They'd been doing this for a couple years. Uh, that production company was Firmament Films. They were just starting out, but uh, uh, Chris Mayer and uh, Jessica Swenson and Jen Robers, they, they had been doing the 48s for a couple of years and had been friends. So I came in and I knew I didn't want to step on anybody's toes. So I was like, I'm just the writer. I'm just the writer. I'm not going to be presumptuous about anything. Okay. But I was, I was eager. And at one point in the editing, so this is early Sunday, like early Sunday morning, okay. there was the, our editor, Chad Harrison, felt we missed, we missed something. There's, the story isn't working. There's something not working. And on the spot, I conceptualized what is the opening to Dangerous Summers, where it's the voiceover, and you see the, the shadowy figure reaching for the camera. Okay. And uh, Jen, at that point, was so exhausted. She's like, can you please just go make, can you go direct that scene? So that, uh, gracious that she was, let me conceptualize it film it, shoot it, and um, so that was very, very, very light involvement in the direction, but it did cap the movie off rather nicely. Okay, cool. Um, and then uh, ultimately, um, were you in, involved any more uh, uh, than that in that f uh, uh, film? And uh, um, uh, now you... Uh, with seven year uh, year uh, wish, uh, mm -hmm. did you um, did you um, slightly direct that with uh, someone else? Yeah, Jennifer Obers um, is the is the title director on there. Um, I did once again. It was just a matter of necessity. The forty eights are so fast and furious that that sometimes you have to wear multiple hats in order to achieve that success of finishing on time and. Because of Dangerous Summers, uh, we had done another short film in between Dangerous Summers and okay. the next 48, which was Seven Year Wish, and I developed a rapport with all these these film this filmmaking team. 
So when it came time for um, Seven Year Wish, I had some more experience, I had some more input that was worth hearing, and I did help uh, direct a couple of moments throughout that. Jennifer's still the, the lead director on that, I would never take that from her, um, okay. but she did, once again, she trusted me to to play around. Uh, one moment in particular that I'm, I'm proud of, of my involvement in was uh, in Seven Year Wish, there's a moment where Luke Kramer plays Matt, opens the door to his girlfriend, and shuts it behind him, and I whip the door open and stick my head out as death, <laughs> and I say, Debbie, blech. We had done... We had done. also acted in the Seven Year Yes, that's right. I, I, I played death, and uh, we had done that take after take after take, and it wasn't clicking. So on the other side of the door, before we went out, I said, all right, Luke, I'm just going to give you some light direction here. I want you to get out that door. I want you to shut it as fast as possible. Don't worry about me. I won't get hurt. You just get out, shut that door. You do not want me out there. So the timing in that of him out door slam, me whipping the door out, sticking my head out, Debbie Bluck, was, it was, that turned out so great. It cracked us all up once we nailed it. <laughs> now, were you involved in any of the um, uh, casting involved in this film? Uh, for, with the 48s, with the, the way the process works, um, our producer at the time had created a, a hierarchy of who gets to make decisions and whatnot. And because I had already I had been developing this, um, this very small library at the time of films, I, as the writer with Chris Scholes on Seven New Wish, as we were writing, they're like, okay, this person, the, uh, Luke could totally be Matt, um, and uh, who, who should be D, who should be death, and uh, I, I never go into the 48s or anything that I write thinking, I'm playing this character. And it was suggested that I, oh, you should, no one else could be D. No, and I'm like, are you sure? Because it could be this person, this person. And the producer was like, no, it's got to be you. And Jen, Jen was like, no, it's got to be you. Which is, is super flattering and boosts my ego nicely. Um, <laughs> so, uh, it, it, a little bit of input in terms of casting, um, at least in those early early films we were doing. Okay, sounds cool. Um, now, uh, ultimately, um, you were uh, uh, where was the shot? It, was this shot on location in Milwaukee? Uh, Sun Prairie, actually, just outside Madison. That entire that entire film, Dangerous Summers. Um, uh, pretty much the majority of the next few forty eights were all done exclusively in. Sun Prairie, okay. which was our base camp. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, now, um, is there uh, anything else that, uh, that you'd like to, uh, to tell us about the seven-year wish before we go on to your uh, next film uh, uh, called Charlie? <laughs> um, uh, I, I could go on and on about any of these, so we, we should move on. Seven-year wish, I will say, is still one of my favorites. There's, there's awesome. so many little details. All right. Then uh, how did you get involved with uh, uh, the film Cold Charlie. So Cold Charlie was a stage production that I had written, a 10-minute stage show, a two-man show. And after we had done Dangerous Summers, everyone, everyone was like, hey, this team works. We should make more stuff. Who's got some ideas? Who's got... Uh, uh, does anyone... And I presented the script like, oh, I have this, this stage play that I always thought would make a good film. Um, and... And our producer, Chris Mayer, at the time, was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do this one. Um, and that's, uh, that, that was a lot of fun because uh, Jessica Swenson 
who has proven herself to be this incredible uh, production designer, art director, um, built and did the whole set. So that whole set was her garage, and she she did all that herself. Like I mean, certainly she had some help from from some minions, but that's that was her amazing talent showing very early. She's still to this day, even though art direction and production design isn't her career by any means, she considers it a hobby. She's just as good as as so many other production designers that I work with professionally out here in LA. Okay. And um, ultimately, um, uh, when, uh, where did you uh, show uh, Cold Char uh, Charlie at? Uh, uh, did it have any kind of a reception? Uh, that one was a little tougher for us because it was, it was a, a, new, a new experience. Um, I, I look at it now and all I can see is like, ah, we should have done that differently. We should have done that differently. Um, but it did get into, actually, I should, I, testing my knowledge here of, um, of all the films we've done, what has made it into <laughs> film festivals or whatnot. Uh, I don't, that one hasn't, that one didn't have like a great reception because I, I feel it's a little, it's a lesser of our films because we're st we were still learning. Um, I still see the, the good in it and it's one of those movies that every now and then I'm like, it'd be one worth remaking. But you know, I don't want to George Lucas it and go back to things. <laughs> Totally understand. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, um, uh, was there any uh, thing that you could remember while you were on set, uh, set that you could, uh, would stand out to, uh, to you that you would remember? Um, we we had a sound issue at one point um, where we, we lost a chunk of. We realized all the sound wasn't rolling on a clip, and and that was a little frustrating. But it was it. it it was a great experience too. It wasn't a 48. We weren't on a time crunch. We were, it was essentially our first experience in in shooting an indie production without limitations, uh, other than the ones that we just talent and, and ability. Uh, so I've I've found memories of that, especially getting to work with Luke again and Jesse Static as the two soldiers, giving giving Jesse more to do than he had in Dangerous Summers and Seven Year Wish. He's a, both those guys are immensely talented actors. Cool. Um, uh, going on, uh, on to uh, uh, another short uh, 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 film called Something Bigger. What, what, what made you come up with that uh, uh, concept? Uh, so Something Bigger, uh, at the time I was producing, a, I was performing in a stage show in Burlington, Wisconsin, and Ryan Brooks, who a uh, very talented cinematographer, he just wanted to go out and film something. He's like, "Let's. I, want, I just want to. These sunsets have been great recently. We got these great uh, locations here in Burlington. Let's just run out. Let's make something up on the fly." And and that's where something bigger came from. I, I the whole idea fit on half a sheet of paper. Um, the voiceover came just uh, through general conversation with Ryan. We initially, as is funny because this might effectively viewing of it in future viewings. Initially, it was going to be all this super serious, gritty cinematography and voiceover leading up to a really dumb punchline. I'm not even tell you what the punchline was, but the, something was going to be in that bag in the end where it's like, oh, that's... <laughs> but we decided to cut the, the silliness of that and play it straight and just have it be this very brooding, experimental... Uh, cinematography challenge for for Ryan himself. Okay, cool. Um, and uh, now, did you uh, do that? Uh, did you film that one in Sun Prairie as well? 
No, that one, that one was in Burlington, Wisconsin, right, right near the Malthouse Theater, a fantastic 80-plus-year-old uh, stage theater right there in Burlington. Cool. And so far, um, have you had any problems uh, finding, I mean, did, did you have any problems finding cast for your films, uh, I mean, within these uh, beginning short films? Um, in the first early stages, there it was it was this fun, exciting new hobby that uh, um, a lot of the people involved who had done the forty eights and those uh, before me uh, had joined for Dangerous Summers and Seven Year Wish. Uh, it had become it was this fun thing we could get together annually to do, and then stemming off of that to do other short films um, became something like oh yeah, I like doing this. Um, that, that what we faced as the years go on, and, and I mean, you don't seriously have to go through my entire library, there's a lot of films here, uh, but what happened over time that made it less easy was how much more seriously we started taking the filmmaking process. Uh, a lot of us, in the early years, it was something fun, and slowly, uh, many of us went out, it, it became our careers. We weren't it wasn't just something we got together to do on a whim. We took every one of these seriously as productions, knowing that it was building us, building up the, the careers we were all chasing. So in the early years, though, it was, it was easy to, to get people to just say, yeah, let's do it. It was later down the road where suddenly it was like, no, this is a little more intense than I wanted it to be. <laughs> well, the reason why I, I um, wanted to interview uh, you is, uh, uh, well, uh, uh, first of all, uh, not uh, not a whole lot of people get, get a lot of attention uh, on uh, how you, you know how much goes on behind the scenes uh, when you're making these short films, and uh, I know that a lot of short films don't get a, a lot of attention, and the reason why I'm asking you about you know, each one of your uh, your your films is because uh, you never know. You might you might uh, come up with some uh, something that a previous filmmaker had not actually oh, okay. gone through or, or whatnot. So that's why I'm asking you about each of your. <laughs> oh, certainly, certainly. Um, then, then uh, take keeping that in mind. Um, I will. I will. I will. I will keep that in mind for subsequent uh, questions as we discuss here because. <laughs> Something that we we have all learned over these years of doing these films are tricks of the trade, little little tricks we keep in our tool belts that we we use still to, and it all comes from doing these independent productions and just trying new things. And, and so to to answer your question again about was it hard to get a cast and crew? No, no, it wasn't tough to get cast and crew. But it was a little difficult to find people with experience and know-how. Uh, enthusiasm is a beautiful thing. And finding people who are enthusiastic about making stuff is so important, especially in independent productions. But having uh, actual skills and experience to add to that enthusiasm, that can only help. <laughs> totally understand. So... Uh Ultimately, after uh, something bigger, you went on to do a short fi uh, film called Relish. Um, yes, yes. That film. All right. So Relish is, uh, I guess it's not fair. I, I like all. The, I, I, oh, this one's my favorite. This one's my favorite. So Relish was. Um, this was a much different experience because Relish was filmed out in California. Okay. Uh, I had been working at a movie theater with a friend who was going to film school, and he had 
he wanted to film a short film. He wanted to do something. I want to do something uh, uh, like Tarantino or Robert Rodriguez. I want to do something like Vinny. And, uh, and he, in the conversations he had with me, I pitched the idea of Relish to him. Um, it, it, something you'll, you'll find if you really take a step back and look at the whole of, of pretty much all the films I've made is, and you, you had mentioned it in one, a couple of your reviews, I tend to lean more towards humorous. I, yeah. I like, I, I, I don't see comedy as a crutch, I see it as, a, as an outlet. <laughs> it, and it, it, it definitely is an outlet, and, and I think uh, uh, when a lot of films do, uh, tend to center around some very depressing moments, sometimes humor is uh, a nice touch to certain things. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, and and I, I like to use humor, in, and there's a lot of dark comedy in what we do. If you look at Seven Year Wish, that's that's about a, it's about death killing people, accidentally or not, and and torturing a guy to be his best friend, and it's all humorous death. I, I believe on my IMDb, one of my director trademarks is a humorous death or humorous outlook at death, as well as my baseball cap that has my name on it. Um, so relish being this guy being face getting bashed in, getting punched around, uh, telling jokes through this whole thing. Um, but that, that one was a lot of fun. Stephen Abraham, who is the, the director on that, that was my uh, that was make, making my a first of a couple films that I did with him. Uh, the cinematographer Xerxes Sanko, who is a phenomenal director of photography just an insane cinematographer who does not do enough like he does a lot of like wedding videos he needs to i would love to see him do more narrative stuff um and, and we filmed that in a night and that was that was another example of hey you guys want to do this this will be a lot of fun okay uh let's problem solve how are we gonna do the blood oh let's get some corn syrup and, and some uh red food dye just like the old school method just slather that on my face and uh <laughs> Okay, let's get these work lights in here. Okay, that's making you sweat. Um, and like Mike, who plays the guy beating me up, he he was just the biggest guy Steve could find to stick in it. And Mike, it's Mike's a great example of enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. You know, you critiqued his his acting ability, which is fair, and I'm sure he would be the first to tell you he's not the greatest actor. But he was so enthusiastic about wanting to do it and wanting to be there. Um, and and Mike is someone that I've only worked with a handful of times, but it's always a pleasure to have him there because he wants to be there and he wants to just tell me what to do. I'll do it. Um, well, I definitely saw the enthusiasm. That, uh, yeah. That, so <laughs> uh, I, it's it's not that I was trying to overly uh, critique him oh. to an extent where oh my god he, he's got to hide underneath a bed uh, <laughs> somewhere or whatnot. But uh, of course not. Of course not. When you see so many independent films, it's like. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's and it's uh, instances like that. And, and and Relish actually has gotten to be in a couple of film festivals since some some nice indie uh, a Grindhouse festival in Las Vegas. There was a an independent kind of Tarantino inspired uh, film festival that was in Los Angeles that we got to be in. And uh, so it's 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 gotten some legs. And you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things, probably not the strongest of movies acting and narrative and visually but it's it's one of those just do it like uh, if if any if i could give any advice to someone who's thinking oh, i'd love to be a filmmaker but i, I don't know I don't, just do it 
It, it's going to be bad. It's going to be rough around the edges. But the only way you're going to get any better is if you just keep making stuff and learn from it. Oh, yeah. Um, ultimately, you got into a project called uh, Significant. And um, how did you get involved with this? Uh, this was a, another good example of of the of Ryan Brooks being like, we need to let's do something besides these forty eights. Let's do something. And I pitched Significant as a as part one of a five part mini series. So this was our first attempt at. A, mini, like a, a series of films. We weren't just going to do one and done. I wrote down five episodes. We had a full arc. And, and we were, okay, let's try the first one and, and see what, what goes from, where we can go from there. Uh, and this was a great experience in terms of challenging us with visual effects of, once again, that significant doesn't really have any humor in it at all. That's a much more straightforward, uh, time travel sci-fi thriller yeah, uh, to the best of our ability at the time, and uh, ultimately, to to it didn't. We weren't able to shoot the rest of it. We actually shot the second episode, and when we got into post production, the sound was awful. Ooh. And bad sound is going to kill a film in an instant. So it was this very sad. Uh, it was very disappointing, um, and pretty much crushed our attempts to want to. It was one of those things where it's like, you know what? Maybe we just come back to this in the future. No pun intended. Come back to this and and try again sometime. And we've, I still have the five scripts. I look at them now and I think, oh boy, well these are rough. Uh, but but I've learned a lot as a writer since. And and yeah, there's there's uh, there's always the potential of of going back to significant and playing in that time cop universe. Cool. Um, uh, ultimately, after that, uh, you went on to uh, work with uh, Stephen Abram, uh, Abraham again on Thursdays. I do laundry. How did you get involved with that uh, that project? Thursdays laundry was uh, so. At, at this point, I'd been making short films for a few years. I was I was really loving the workhorse uh, workman journeyman attitude of the forty eights, where it's like. Let's just get, we can do this in a day. We can get a script. We can shoot this all out. We can edit it. There's no reason uh, to, to prolong. I understand uh, 48 hour um, uh, film festival. That's kind of a challenge. And uh, for filmmakers, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of a, it, it, it's, it's, it's done within a certain time. Um, mm -hmm. Yes. And it, it, it's like you almost look forward to whether you can finish it or not at the end of yes, the day, yes. you know? I, anyone out there who wants to see where they are, wants to gauge their, their level of, of ability in terms of, of a film production, should do a 48. Because a 48 is the entirety of a film production from conception to completion. You have to come up with the idea, you have to write it, you have to film it, you have to edit it, you have to finish it. Boom, boom, boom. Everything has to be done within 48 hours. And and once you can do that, other productions, you know where your limitations, you know where your weaknesses are. Mm -hmm. And uh, bringing that attitude into Thursday's Laundry, much like Relish, Steve was, we were just hanging out and he was like, man, I really want to film something again. I really want to film something again. And I said, okay, what, do you have any ideas? And he's like, oh, I... I don't know, I was thinking it'd be cool to see, like, a hitman's day-to-day -day life. And then the, the ideas just came rolling out, like, oh, okay, this and this. And then he does laundry once a week. Oh, and he sees a girl. And 
So we conceptualized the whole idea just hanging out. And he's like, yeah, that would be fun to make. And I said, what are you talking about? We're making this. You're, we're, I got the camera. You get the crew. Let's cast this. I know the actor who can do it. I hang, my buddy Todd Tatro, um, who is a, a wonderful actor. He's appeared in uh, several independent films, feature films. He's, uh, he's been on some TV. Um, I still work with him. Actually, just, I'm working with him next week on a project. Uh, happily working with him and his brother. Cool. And uh, Thursday's Laundry was a great example of... So I had said earlier, as, the, as this film career developed, it became a little harder to find people to be involved. And that's not for lack of desire, but it's, it, it's, we did Thursday's Laundry. I it was originally just going to be the assistant director. I'd written it. I was going to be assistant director so I could keep the schedule going. Mm-hmm. That was an 11-hour day. And by about halfway through the day, Steve was like, I'm out. Oh, boy. I, this is just, I was not expecting this to be like this. He, you're working me to death. <laughs> and, uh, which, that's fine. It's, it, he had not had that experience yet. And um, um, it, was, it was that sort of like, oh, okay, I can push harder. I can push myself harder. I can push some of my crew harder than some of my other crew who don't want to do this for a living. They just want to do this for fun. And that was a great lesson learned from a production like On Thursdays I Do Laundry um, is, is that, okay, know, know your level of, of, I don't want to say dedication because Steve was dedicated to seeing it done, but it's that are you willing to not sleep? It's more than a 48 where there's no sleeping now. It's like, we're not on a time limit. Can't we just take three days to do this? No, we're going to do this in this time because I know we can do it. So the whip cracking began, and that was a, a great experience in terms of, of seeing how a movie can get done. Understood. <laughs> uh, understandable. Uh, ultimately, um, now, you, you started working with... Uh, with um, um, Chad Halverson, who was also from Wisconsin, mm-hmm. from Minute Films. Now, he was on in Dangerous Summers just a little bit, but, um, mm-hmm. and in significant, again, you started working with him a little bit more as time went on, too, from what I understand. I was working with Chad. Well, Chad is, he's the one who opened the door for this. All the way back with Dangerous Summers, he's the one who had called me up and said, hey, we need a writer. And um, I still worked with Chad to this day. We've, we, we have gone the distance together. We've taken short films to um, 50 plus film festivals. And he produced uh, a short film later in the library, Screenwriter, that went all the way to the Cannes Film Festival in France. Um, he, he went to film school in Milwaukee. He still lives in Milwaukee and works freelance uh, editing and drone work and producing. And growing with him as a filmmaker has been a wonderful experience. I had mentioned earlier we, we went to elementary school together. We worked at the same movie theater together and played in high school and co- early college. Uh, we had a band together in college. Um, I've, I've uh, he's he's one of my best friends, um, and and that that friendship has only developed more and uh, closely in uh, over the years that we've been making all these films together. He's 
Yeah. And if anything, he challenges me a lot. And I, I push him too much. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Um, in uh, ultimately, you went on to uh, um, work on a project called uh, "It Was Wonderful." Uh, how did you get in, uh, involved with that one? Oh, and it's great that you mentioned Chad before we got into this because it's it's he's very much involved in in this. So he worked for a company in Milwaukee, a marketing and film production company called Flip Eleven. And they were involved with producing the Flying Car Festival in Milwaukee, which I believe is an annual festival. At least it was at the time. And it's this innovation and technology festival. Okay. okay. And he had pitched the idea of adding a film festival element to it. Okay. That, uh, people would submit 60-second films that would play on a loop that had something to do with man's relationship to technology. Okay. So his company put it out there that they're going to do a film festival, and Chad said, hey, submit something. Because the way it works is you submit a script. If it's approved, I, I believe we got some production money having been selected. And okay. so I, I submitted It Was Wonderful as a 60-second film. So the nice thing about It Was Wonderful is it's a, it, you can watch it on a loop. There's not so, though it's presented on YouTube as a beginning and end, Really, it's meant to be seen as a cycle that you don't know where the beginning is and where the ending is because that's how it was presented. Okay, flying car. Well, and it's nice to know that there was a festival at this point in time of that nature and that could uh, give that kind of an avenue for you know that kind of film. So, yeah, it's Milwaukee is great for that. Milwaukee is such a budding uh, independent film city and. It's unfortunate because there were film subsidies a few years back for one year, and then the people up on Capitol Hill decided to crush those, and so now that all the productions that were going to Chicago were coming to Milwaukee, and now all those Hollywood productions don't see, there's no advantage to filming in Wisconsin, which is unfortunate, um, but that just challenges the independent scene all the more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then after It Was Wonderful, you went on to uh, do a production called The Noise, uh, which you co-directed that with someone. The, yes, The Noise, uh, which I wrote and co-directed with Chris Scholes, is my favorite. I freaking love The Noise. I think that that's one of those, everybody came to, to, to work hard and play, and everyone was at the top of their game across the board for that. So uh, up to up to this point with the, the Madison 48s that we had done, we had won some awards, which, which is always nice. Um, and the year previous to that, we had done Filling In, which uh, was, was a great production as well. But the noise, we just blew the doors off the city. It was such a, a wonderful experience. Um, and and um, awards aside, which we, we ended up sweeping the awards, the film itself is so tight and all the chemistry works so perfectly uh, and, and it clips along at such a great pace. I feel it's one of our, it's just one of our tightest, most professional looking pieces. You mentioned filling in. Was that a writing, uh, um, was that one that you'd written on? Yes, yeah. Uh, filling in um, was just another 48, that, the film group that we've, that we've essentially been discussing through these films. Uh, they had done that 48 in 2012 while I was producing a stage musical in Burlington. Okay. So the, the, the fun on this one, and this is all a, a matter of 
really, really wanting to always be involved whenever my friends are doing something. On Friday night, which is when the 48 starts, and then Sunday nights when it ends. On Friday night, I we had a show in Burlington. I was directing it. During intermission, the draw happened for the 48, like the required elements. So during intermission, I wrote what would be the, the premise of filling in and emailed it to the guys. Then once the show ended, me and Candace Osler, who um, is my partner and uh, was in the show at the time, as soon as the show ended, we got in the car, drove to Madison. While I'm in the car, I wrote the script for filling in. We walked in the door in Sun Prairie. I said, all right, here's the script. Made a couple tweaks and started filming. <laughs> and then by Saturday afternoon, I had to get back in the car, go back to Burlington, and get back up on the stage to do another show. <laughs> Totally understand. <laughs> Another thing that made the noise so much fun was that I didn't have to drive back and forth from Burlington. I was there the whole weekend. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, ultimately, you acted in this one, uh, 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 this one as well. Um, yes. And uh, I've noticed that you uh, that you tend to act in uh, in some of your short films. Um, yes. How does that uh, impact your uh, direct, uh, 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 your having to direct it as well? That's a great question because the directing acting is not an easy couple of balls to juggle, right? Um, luckily, getting to co co-write and co-direct with, I was co-directing with Chris Scholes at the time. Um, it's nice to have that second second set of eyes um, with the forty eights being involved from. The, the conception of the story, the writing of the script, and and only, I was only planning to direct with it. Um, yeah. it's, th this is where having like a really smart producer comes into play. Because with 48s, with just productions in general, having a producer who can make the tough decisions and the tough calls with, with the full scope of the production in mind, that's, that's essential for, for success. And... I, I wrote the noise, I wrote Oliver as the character, thinking one of the actors we had asked to come would, would play the part. And our, our producer, Chris, at the time said, oh, no, no, you, you have to do it. It's go, it goes back to Seven Your Wish with D. He knew the ability of the actors that we had. He, trust, he trusted that if anyone was going to pull it off, it was going to be me. Very flattering, and I'm very happy to have done it because it was such a fun role to play. So when it came to acting and directing, I was able to trust my cinematographer, John Klein. Um, I was able to uh, trust Schulze to, to keep an eye on, on things as well, to anything that I was missing in terms of, of direction that he was able to swoop in and, and solve as well. Uh, the, the only thing I wasn't allowed to do was the one stunt, getting hit by the car. I really wanted, I was like, I'm all for it. I want to do my own stunts. I want to be that guy. And John Kleiner, our cinematographer, was like, we are halfway through production. If you actually get hurt, I don't want to lose the director. So you're not doing the stunts. And like, oh, come on, guys. <laughs> so Will uh, Ball, who has stunt experience, put on my costume, and, and he rolled over that car. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, uh, and then after uh, the noise, he went on to do a, uh, a, sh a short production called Plans Change. How did you get involved? Uh, Plans Change came from another 60-second film festival that was going out of Chicago. 
you know, I believe, I, I think it was Ryan Brooks, uh, our cinematographer at the time, who said, oh, we should do, we got to enter this 60-second film festival. We can just treat it like a 48, film it all out in a day. And actually, this is a fun little uh, behind the scenes. We filmed that in Milwaukee. We produced it out of Chad Halverson's apartment at the time, him and his wife, Kate, uh, living in Milwaukee. And I, I didn't know this, but Ryan, who was a producer on that, gave the impression to Chad that this was a 24-hour film festival, <laughs> that, that it needed to be done that night. So Chad, while, we're fil while we filmed what we filmed with Luke as the actor on screen, um, Chad was in the editing bay, like, furiously putting it together like a 48. And it was somewhere midday, I think I'm the one who was like, oh, wow, you're really, you really treating this like, a, like you have to get it done. And Chad's like, what are you talking about? I have to get it done. Like, oh, no, no. And then Ryan's like, why did you tell him? We would have had a finished product at the end of the day. Ah! <laughs> Uh, and then Chad just was like, I'm done. I am not going to sit here busting my butt trying to finish this if there's no reason for me to be. He was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> that one was, that was great. But the little Easter egg on there is the winning ladder numbers. Spell out feminine. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, now, um, eventually I'll, I'll ask this question, but when did you uh, eventually... Um, um, put together your Redactive Mania uh, company? Uh, so Firmament uh, evolved into Redacted only a couple of years ago. Um, it was a, a matter of rebranding, and I've, I've spoken a couple times now about that, that. what's that level of even interest in being a filmmaker? Is it a hobby, or is this your career? And Redacted was, was essentially that, that moment of, who we want to make a living doing this. We want to be a production company. We want to get paid work. We are all Chad and myself and, and Corey Caseman, Candace Asser. The, the, we were all looking at this as this, this isn't something we, we don't just do this for fun. This is our livelihood. And Filament was this great hobby and wonderful get together with friends and film production company. And it was redacted. That was the next, essentially, era of. No, we're we're going to try to take this as legitimately as possible. We're going to try to push ourselves to that that next level. Okay. Um, and ultimately, after plans change, um, you uh, were part of a project called uh, Game Day. Uh, how did you get involved with that? So, so Game Day is another forty-eight hour film, and this, if looking at all the forty-eights we've done. I, I, game day is one of those pinnacle moments because for anyone who's done a 48, musical is the worst one you can get. You do not want to get stuck with musical because if you don't have the musical talent, if you don't have the, the musical capabilities to do a musical, it's going to be rough. Mm -hmm. um, we just so happen to have this amazing composer in Jameson Static and an amazing sound mixer and designer, Corey Caseman. And when it came, leading up to game day, that was our biggest team. I, I, that was the last year I feel like all those people who really liked to do it every summer wanted to be involved. Because that team, I think we had 30, 40 people on that team. Um, funnily enough, I was telling, uh, I was talking with someone yesterday who's going to do a 48 out in Los Angeles, and I mentioned game day as having a 30, 40 person team. He's like, oh, 
Only in L.A. could you do something like that. And I said, well, actually, we did that in Madison. We did that in Wisconsin. And he couldn't believe that we somehow found a crew of 40 people willing to do a 48 in Madison of all places. But that's, that's where that love and, and desire to do, do these things comes from. And, and that's, that's, thankfully, we had that many people to, to attempt to do musical because whew, that one was difficult to do <laughs> <laughs> totally understand but at least you were able to find uh, 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 40 people for uh, for it. yes oh yeah and and it was it was such a, a writing challenge because i wanted to do a more complex story i'm, I'm always interested in, in layers if you look at seven year wish if you look at the noise i love layering in as much stuff into into these short films but with a musical we had to keep it simple. And it kind of broke my heart at the time. I'm like, oh, I have these great ideas for some big things. And, and Schulze's like, uh, we need like a really simple story if we're going to pull this off. And he was 100% right about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, ultimately, have you, uh, 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 now, uh, now that we're, uh, we've talked about some of these short films, was there anyone uh, that you uh, worked with in... Uh I lost you there. Working with you. Sorry, I had cut out there for a split second with our... I'm, I'm across the room from you, and I, I had some wax in my ears for a second, so you mind repeating the question? <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Um, ultimately, did you work with anyone new, um, casting-wise, um, on either game day or plans change or, or, or uh, uh, vice versa? Um, was there anyone that you worked with um, each time new. Uh, I mean, uh, okay. I know yeah. that you, you tend to work with uh, people that you've worked with before, but uh, was there anyone that you've worked with that you could, uh, could say in these short films that we've talked about that you could talk about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, one of the nice things about our, our, our film team, uh, of all of us growing as filmmakers as we went along, is that we constantly were getting new people who wanted to join join the fray, and uh, every pretty much every film we did, someone new would jump on board. Yeah, we we have a library of actors, uh, our stable of actors that we're comfortable with and we like to work with. Candace, Luke, Jesse, obviously myself. I've been on screen a lot. Um, Chad and Jessica Swenson. Uh, all all of us were the regular stables of actors that we would draw from. But uh, behind the scenes, behind the camera, there was production people that were, were new. So for like game day, um, Jesse, who had been acting for us, him and, and Kyle, his buddy, actually came in to help with the writing team. And that was a, a new, uh, a, two new elements in the mix in terms of, of the 48s in our production team. Um, okay. it, it's, always, it's always great to not just bring new people in, but take some of those regulars that we've worked with and challenge them to new things. So like Colin Wilcoxon, who had been our, our great AD up to a point, he directed filling in with Chris Schultz and, and did a fantastic job. They, they won Best Picture with it. Um, so it's, awesome. it's, it's fun to bring new people in because you get that new level of enthusiasm and you get, the, and you get to uh, test your chops as a teacher and a mentor as well as someone who executes uh, short films. Cool. 
Um, moving on to uh, the production of The Unpossessors, how did you get involved with that? Wow, this is, we're, we're like magically creating segues here. <laughs> <laughs> so Unpossessors came out of from a year of actually making that decision to, we're going to challenge all of our regulars to new positions that they've been interested in. So uh, Doug Vodka, who had done behind the scenes for us, he'd done some uh, some camera work for us. Hey Doug, you're going to be the cinematographer on this. Uh, Julia Smith, who had she had acted as Toothy in in filling in, which was her first film, filming experience. Um, she loved that so much. She actually changed her career in her life to be a producer. She produces for a living now, uh, as opposed to the. Uh, psych, uh, um, psychologist, psych she's a she's a smart doctor lady. Um, <laughs> uh, she produced Unpossessors, um, and uh, we had a couple of newbies on on that, and some new challenges as well. Where we were like, we're gonna have an all female cast. We have a female producer, an all female cast. I directed that one, um, so I, I'm not a female, um, <laughs> but. Some, some great behind-the-scenes learning experience on Unpossessors was, in a sense, it was our first failure as a group. Uh, it was a Milwaukee 48, and we had brought in a new editor to, to try his hand at it. Um, we had brought in a new composer to try his hand at things, and it all, it all turned out great. I think Unpossessors, for as rough as it might seem, is a great short film. But when we went to hand it in, like exporting the movie in line at the seconds ticking by, like we handed it in with the like the red zone, like got that in, the audio didn't transfer on the final clip, and we handed in a silent movie. Oh. And it was it crushed us because we were in such a deep panic getting to the finish line, and then boom. We failed, and it was it was a growing experience for all of us. Um, and on the other side of things, uh, the team had willingly split in half. All of our creative uh, our writers, our actors, um, had done on possessors. The other half of our team, that was the tech side of things, John Klein, Chris Miller, our producer, Chad, our editor, they had a second team and attempted to road trip to San, uh, St. Louis and do the 48 on the road back to Milwaukee. And they had a terrible experience as well. And so one of the lesson we learned as a group was we are stronger together and we should not break apart like that ever again. <laughs> the thing we failed at on Unpossessors would have been solved by the crew that was doing the other movie. And everything that they failed at on their team would have been solved by us. So it was like, guys, what were we thinking? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a great experience. It was such a great experience. Awesome. Uh, going on to uh, uh, where you co-directed a few, uh, a few uh, um, uh, short films, uh, Take the Night, I'll Raise You, and High Neighbor. Ah, okay. Um, so I love tick through those real quick. So Take the Night was just a, a spec ad for a, um, it was a, a Amsterdam, New Amsterdam Vodka did a, a challenge. Hey, try to come up with a short film, Take the Night, and if you succeed, you will be our official commercial. Um, so we 
we took a stab at that. It, it turned out fine. I think it's a it's a, a, a fine little thing. Um, Rose and Alraza, is that what you said? Yep. Yeah. Which uh, was Alraza. one of your first efforts that you uh, kind of edited behind, too. The, yes, that, that is true. Um, uh, Alraza came from... Uh, that that feels more like that sort of YouTube just uh, sketch comedy um, short little not not a high production value on that one that was just uh, Chad Schulze, Candace and myself just sitting around like hey let's film something hey, what do you guys say can I just bust out a camera what's something we can come up with okay let's let's just let's just shoot this out and that that was a lot of fun I like drawn out torture comedy. And that's definitely one of those things where, like, the joke just keeps going. <laughs> uh, but High Neighbor, that is one of our most successful films. That is still getting into film festivals to this day. Um, all these years, it's only been a few years, but I saw it at the Milwaukee Short Film Fest, uh, Festival before, uh, before Twisted Dreams Festival came around. Yes, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it, it, it was like it, it, it was funny because I was one of the um, uh, I kind of uh, one uh, I was hanging out with uh, Milwaukee uh, uh, movie talk at the time and mm -hmm. uh, uh, we uh, we went to the short film festival we saw it there and then they had asked you, I think they had, had asked you to have it in their uh, uh, festival and I was I was one of the uh, the guys who uh, um, the feature film the, uh, uh, the that won that year. I was oh, uh, one of one of the um, people who uh, was uh, helping out, produ uh, not producing. Uh, I, I forget um, <laughs> when you're when you're um, sponsoring a sponsor. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah, but um, I saw it. Uh, while I was uh, uh, watching the uh, Wisconsin uh, short blocks, and I loved it. So. Uh, yeah, high, high neighbor is is fun, and this this is another one of those growing experiences with with high neighbor. At this point, uh, many of us, as we were developing as filmmakers, we we were still trying to find our voice. I felt for, from a writing perspective, just looking at the movies we've talked about up to this point, I think we have a voice in it. I think myself as a writer, a co-writer. I think my voice is clear, or it's getting clearer in the mix. But as a director, I, I, we hadn't achieved a vision yet. So like you couldn't point at it and say, this wasn't just blocking, this wasn't just directing the actors, this was directing the look of a film and the, and, and the cinematography of the film. And High Neighbor was, was the first movie, uh, and I, I co-directed that with Chris Scholes, where we were like, Let's let's get really specific on the shots we want. Let's get really specific on the the transitions and the movements. And it was a great challenge for John Klein, our cinematographer, because he had to, uh, and a very uh, willing participant in everything we've done. Now it was like, no, I'm making a directing call. I want this camera to shift like this because we're going to put the transition in here. And him having a little resistance to. I don't think that's going to work. And like, well, that's what I want, so let's do that. And it was, it was no argument. It wasn't like, oh, I don't want to do this. It was, it was a great <laughs> challenging discussion of like, is this really what you want? Yes. How are we going to achieve that? And uh, Schulze and I had 
what we have a love for Edgar Wright, so we are trying to to tap into some of those Edgar Wright isms. So there's some great. Uh, it's the specifically where Candace, who plays um, Aaron in the film, the the, the distraught housewife, uh, there's where she's sitting on the couch, and then there's like a light switch change, and the light boom. It's like a uh, it's a match cut, and that was a very Edgar Wright thing that we were attempting and, and totally nailed it, courtesy of our gaffer, Tim Motor, and John Klein, our cinematographer, and our editor, um, Chad, and Chad, and Chad, Max, and actually I helped edit on that a little bit too. Um, cool. But High hi Neighbor, I love that one too. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, after High Neighbor, um, uh, you did uh, a short film called uh, Thin Pipes. Thin Pipes, yes. <laughs> How did you get involved with that one? So Thin Pipes, that, that was filmed out in Los Angeles. And I had, so Candace at this point, she, and, and this is something she'd always desired. She wanted to challenge herself as, as an actress. She she was always looking for opportunities to to try new characters, um, to, to, to expand her range. Um, and Erica, who plays opposite Candace in, in the film, I had a friend of a friend of ours, uh, Chris Reimer, who I'd worked on with some, uh, who's in it. He plays the sexy plumber. <laughs> uh, Chris had introduced me to Erica because she had just moved to Los Angeles. And he said, oh, this is Erica. This is TC. TC is Erica. Uh, if you, uh, you want to make something, talk to him. And she didn't have anything for a reel, anything for her acting reel. And okay. so his, the reason he introduced us was he was hoping that I could potentially produce and come up with something that she could eventually use to, to get her acting role going. So with Candace wanting to try something, always wanting to try new acting challenges, and Erica looking for something that she could have on a reel, Thin Pipes kind of was birthed from that. And okay. I, I grew up loving situational comedies, um, even uh, looking at the, the inspiration of that would be a very Lucy and Ethel kind of situational comedy when I love Lucy style okay. and, and, uh, and and very cartoonish characterizations in terms of me playing some hippy dippy dude with a terrible California accent and um, yeah and, and that one was fun because it was 17 pages and we filmed the whole thing in a day <laughs> <laughs> sounds like fun yeah. um, and then ultimately after that uh, project um you went on to do a short film called Heist, which I believe uh, was it part of a TV series, or was it going to be yeah. part of a TV series? Uh, Alex Fru, um, Graham Alexander, and uh, I'm forgetting... No, no, not Jesse. I'm, I'm forgetting who their third partner is. <laughs> they have a YouTube channel called Derp Circus, where okay. they do uh, short films. And a little sketch comedy, very digestible. I check out their Christmas episode. It's so funny. <laughs> they have some really, really hilarious stuff. Uh, Alex, I had. How did I come across? Oh, I met Alex doing some production work out here, and okay. some, we we connected really well. He's like, "Hey, I'm, I want to do this this heist film. Would you would you come uh, be involved?" Uh, I ended up being cinematographer slash director on that. And it was, it was a great challenge in terms of like, okay, I'm going to impress this guy. I'm going to come in and I'm going to treat this as seriously as I've treated all the 48s. And where these guys would normally 
set up their tripod and goof off, I came in with a shot list. I came in with Candace had lent me all of her filming equipment, so I was able to, to utilize all of that, and I took it very seriously. And they were like, whoa, this, the production value on this is way higher than we had done previously. And uh, that was, that was, we shot on a roof. Um, yeah, that one, that was a lot of fun. I love those guys. They're hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, and Caesar. that Dan Caesar's the third man in that group, sorry. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, after that, you got involved with a short film pr uh, 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 called Escatan. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, how did you get involved with that? So, uh, Escatan is another one of those challenging myself as a filmmaker. Uh, Xerxes Senko, who I'd worked previously on Relish with, and another production um, that I helped completes a, a, a Halo fan film called The Fallen, um, which I don't know if we're going to talk about that, but with, with Eschaton, the... Why don't you talk about that after the, uh, this one, and then we'll go oh, back. certainly, certainly. Um, uh, so Eschaton was... So here, the challenges I set for myself was very, very deliberate camera work, positionings, focal lengths, lenses... Uh, that was a, and Xerxes loved that because he wanted to. We sat down and broke down every detail of the script to know who who was winning the conversation between the two characters and that, where that meant for position of the camera. And from an acting challenge, that was another challenge for myself and for Candace, who are the only two performers in it, to to do this very suspense, mysterious, dramatic turn for us and, and to make very clear acting choices. Um, the, the choice I made with the character I'm playing is very intense character. I don't blink once in the entire film. And, and Candace challenging herself to, to have this uh, very aggressive, restrained aggression um, through the course of it was, that was a lot of fun. It's a very simple story at, at first glance but for, for us it was this very very nuanced challenge for us to to tell a very complex story with complex visuals as simply as possible if that makes any sense at all <laughs> cool uh and then ultimately after uh, after um uh, 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 that film um uh, you went on to do uh, do uh violet which, uh, how did you get involved with that? <laughs> so, it, it's always, always constantly wanting to challenge ourselves. Violet came that summer, I believe we did three 48s. Okay. And that 48 was for Charlotte, North Carolina. The Wisconsin crew filmed in Los Angeles. So I, I said, hey guys, I know we're doing the Madison, but a week later is the, sh is the sh uh, a week before is Charlotte. What do you guys say about driving out here to join me? We do the 48 from here and send it to my sister in Charlotte. And it's, I know it's a crazy idea. You guys are probably going to laugh in my face thinking that, well, how, how could we possibly do such a thing? T Chad, Chris, Corey, totally on board, hopped in the car, drove to California, and we, we, we knocked that thing out. Violet was a lot of fun. And it, we threw Charlotte for a loop because it, it had been done before. Uh, the 48, it is totally, you can do it. It's not against the rules to participate mm -hmm. in a different city 
from a different city. In fact, on the example they use on the 48 site is a New Jersey team won a Peru 48 one year. As long as you have one representative in the city to hand in the movie, it's perfectly mm -hmm. legal. Uh, okay. So we threw Charlotte for a loop for that because they here comes this LA team, which is really a Wisconsin team shooting at LA. Uh, <laughs> it, it surprised people because particularly that that weekend of the 48 in Charlotte, the cicadas were attacking outside. So it was just anyone had outdoor footage. It was just the sound of cicadas. And here comes an LA team with perfect quote unquote sound uh, with vistas looking out at the, the mountains. Um, they, had, they changed the rules a couple of years later about, <laughs> about uh, w how uh, filming from out of state works. <laughs> ah. <laughs> but but yeah. Viola was a lot of fun. I got to film a get a play with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we, weren't, we, we weren't trying to be a-holes about it. We, were, we definitely did it as a fun challenge, and we had a blast with it. Got to film a fight scene, which we won an award for. Candace and okay. Scotch got to kick the crap at each other. Uh, it definitely has a, a wonderful sense of humor to it. Uh, Alex plays such a... He's uh, from Dirk Circus. He plays the main character in that... Uh, in that played such a, a, a poor a poor guy opposite of Candace as the badass. <laughs> <laughs> and ultimately, after Violet, you went into a, a, a project called uh, This One Last Time. How did this you get involved with that? Yeah. So This One Last Time was the, the, the week later for the Madison 48, I believe. And that was another Julia Smith-produced production. Uh, Chris Scholes actually co-produced with her. And it was a, a more or less a new team because we, we had decided we're exhausted. We're, we're not going to do the Madison 48 this year. Firmaments at the time, uh, and this is near the end of Firmaments run, um, using that example of wanting to push ourselves to a, a higher level in our career. Uh, we're not going to do the 48. But Julia was like, oh, I'm doing it. So she, I'm putting a team together. And so then I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll do it. I mean, if you want me to come right, I'll, I'll do it. Um, and uh, I, I, I directed that one as well. Um, and that one, that one was a lot of fun because um, we were pushing to do drama. Uh, Julia was, was really looking to, to, to say something with our story. Um, and to, um, Josh Halverson, no relation to Chad, our, our DP on there, our cinematographer, he mm -hmm. filmed that so beautifully. We did not do any color correction. He did everything in camera on that. And, and that was a great experience to see such a, a, an experienced veteran cinematographer who knows his camera, who understands lighting, who knows his location, um, and, and to film it so beautifully. And, and a great challenge for our, especially David Geisler as our actor to to tap into a really emotional performance in such a short amount of time. Uh, that's a, that's a that's a heavier piece. There's no there's no humor in that one. And and David knocks it out of the park in terms of the the weight of that broken individual, that alcoholic. Okay. And uh, ultimately, you went into a, a, a fan film territory with uh, yeah. the fall. Uh, <laughs> I figured I'd ask you about it because I've I've actually produced a couple of uh, and actually am producing a uh, fan film of my own. So um, figured I'd 
how was that? Fan films are an interesting animal. What's your What's your fan film about? What do you not want to say? I, I can I can say uh, say about it. Um, I I'm actually one of the producers behind a web series that will be, be coming out on, uh, which I think is being put on hold for uh, another uh, uh, a film, which I think will follow this film uh, with Harley Quinn. Oh, oh, excellent. Uh, Very cool. I'm working with uh, a young director from North Carolina, and he wants to get a feature film out on YouTube. So, um, yeah, that, uh, that's great. But I also, but I also have uh, executively produced a Friday the 13th uh, oh, fam film. Very cool. I'd love to see that. You should send me that link. <laughs> um, don't think it has a link right now, um, but uh, I, I think it will eventually come out on Catch Me If You Kill Me Productions. Okay, cool. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see it. Fan films are such an interesting thing, because on one hand, you're not working with your own property, so what's the point? Why waste all that effort making something that's not yours, that you, have no, you can't make money off of it? It's a fan film. Why waste your time? Which... <laughs> I certainly heard from the wings of my some of my production friends. But on the other side of things, there's there's the element of if you do a fan film, it's an established property that people are going to look at and potentially be interested in your other stuff. It's a great entry into it's it's. I mean, look at it from a Hollywood perspective. Who wants to see an original film? I want to see a sequel. I want to see a remake, and that's unfortunate, but that's just a matter of fact. Um, mm -hmm. The third aspect of fan films is you're making them because you're a fan of the material. You just you just love the universe so much that you want to play in it. And the Fallen, the Halo fan film that I was involved in, uh, Xerxes produced it and, and was director cinematographer on it. Um, uh, Daniel, uh, I'm going to say her last name wrong. I apologize, Daniel Young, uh, Yao, uh, Yuan. There you go. <laughs> uh, she. He wrote and produced it, and and the great thing about the uh, Halo of the Fallen is that it was made by military people. That there were Marines and Air Force and Army um, and uh, I'm missing one, maybe <laughs> involved in the production of it, and and it was a three year in the making. Um, I was brought on just to act, um, and as the production was kind of chugging along and, and tripping constantly. Xerxes and Daniel were very welcome to letting me rewrite a couple scenes. Uh, I rewrote the ending. Like they were just gonna like, oh, we'll just cut to a card. We don't want to film. I'm like, no, no, one day of filming. Here, I wrote this. Let's do this ending. I wrote it, um, and pushed them to that point. And then it sat on a shelf for a year, not being edited, because they lost all the love for it. And I said, okay, okay, give it to me. I will, I will edit it. I will put this together. And um, because everyone worked so hard on it, I would have I would have been so crushed if it just never saw the light of day. So I they willingly just gave it over to me to, to, to get it across the finish line. And well, the thing that I've heard is, is that uh, even though a, a, a director can direct a film, the editor is actually the true director, the uncredited director mm -hmm. behind the film. So uh, so when it went into your hands you ultimately became somewhat of a more of a director 
fucked. Yeah, mind. yeah, that is that's very true. The story of films are made three times: I'm, when you write it, when you film it, and when you edit it. And that's very true of the Fallen because I had to. There were there was no climax to the movie. They had filmed everything up to the climax and then the epilogue, and there was no climax. And I'm sitting there with all the materials going. Well, there's no there, the reason this can't be finished is there's no ending. There's nothing happened. So I was able to wrangle in Chris Reimer, who plays the Garrison, the main character, uh, Selena, who played one of the other main characters. I was able to convince them to come out for one more day, filming in the hot, hot desert with a new crew, with a bunch of new characters I had written in, and we shot the battle scene. And it was so much fun. I as soon as I was like. It was so much fun to direct that scene and film that scene. That they're in a, the actors are in a trench, and I'm throwing dirt in their faces to get them to react to bombs going off. And <laughs> that was a there's a there's a great behind the scenes that uh, Ken Saucer filmed for me for that moment where they're all running their lines. All the actors there was like seven actors in that trench, and they were. We were yelling. We were yelling in a trench, but they weren't yelling in a trench. They were stage yelling. And I was like, all right, guys, this is a war zone. You need to be freaking the hell out. You need to be... So let's run the scene again, and I'm going to provide all the sound effects. So <laughs> the scene starts, and I just start screaming, boom, random powder, boom, explosion, and just... So they had a laughing shout all their lines over me and it, it worked it was so amazing because they brought it into the scene because they knew okay that's how loud it has to be because that was such a blast and and i was so happy to it's not the best like there's certainly mistakes read the comments section everyone's mad i used a battle rifle sound effect when i should use the dmr sound effect and <laughs> but it got it got done that's that's way more important to me than than if we had waited another five years to perfect it <laughs> awesome and uh ultimately after the fallen you uh went and did a um pr uh, production called stories for the fire how did you get involved with that this this is another good example like um i'll raise you where it was a group of of us sitting around going let's just hey let's film something and on new year's eve it was candace alex renee and i at our place ringing in the new year and I think it might have been Candace would probably like, hey, let's, why don't we film something tomorrow? And I was like, okay, well, what should we film? And we conceptualized this idea of telling stories around a fire and visualizing them and seeing them. And so we, I wrote it that night. The next morning, we fine-tuned it. Candace, Alex, and Renee started memorizing. And then that night, we set a fire in the fire pit in the backyard and started filming. And we, we knocked it out in a day. <laughs> Awesome. Um, now, ultimately, after uh, um, Stakeout sto uh, Stories, you went, uh, or wait, not, uh, Stories for the Fire, um, you did um, a series of uh, short uh, f of films, one dealing with a TV series called One Minute Gamer. Oh, uh, that, that was, um, Chad Halverson had a YouTube series where he reviewed games okay. for a minute, so he did that, and, gotcha. and One Minute Rewatch was my spinoff series of that where I reviewed movies. Okay. Um, and then, uh, interviewing a 101 and screenwriter. Yes. Um, but I, I, uh, 
side note, I don't know if you expected this interview to go this long, so I apologize for talking so much. <laughs> I, I totally expected it uh, to, uh, to go long because you had a lot of short films. Yeah. Uh, so, Interview 101, this, uh, it's, oh, again, another one of my favorites. There was three of us who made that, with Jeff as our, our silent fourth who did the, the wonderful credit sequence on that. Chad was was attempting he's he's a wonderful producer he's a fantastic editor and he was trying he had applied to a for a position at a company as a producer at, at, at a company in madison and he had an interview in like a, he landed the interview he's like okay i have an interview i want to come in with something that i've produced since finding out i have the interview what can we do and that's where interview 101 came from we we shot that whole thing in a day it's another one of those, like, all that 48-hour experience makes it very uh, fun for us to, to challenge ourselves to do something fast and do it great. And he came up with, um, he walked into that interview and said, thank you for seeing me for this interview. Since you told me, I produced this. Hire me. I'm a great producer. <laughs> they, they missed out because they didn't hire him, those dum-dums. I don't know what they were thinking. He, he walked in and proved he could produce a short film in a day. That looked that good, uh, fools. I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, he, he's too good for them. Chad's too good for them. <laughs> and, um, and now, had you worked with uh, anyone new, uh, new in any of these uh, productions we've talked so far? Well, uh, certainly with Halo of the Fallen, there was a slew of people that I'd never worked with before that I have gone on and worked with since. Um, Violet was uh, was. Uh, well, I'd worked with Alex, but getting him on one of our fully one of our full productions was a new experience. Erica, who's also in Violet, was someone who's in Thin Pipes. I, you know what? I keep just working with the same people over and over again. <laughs> uh, with, with Screenwriter, which is the other one you brought up, which is the one that Chad successfully he he fully produced that himself. He was the it, he had co-producers, but that was his his ship to run. He was the he was the captain of that. Uh, I guess it's a fleet. So he's, he was the commodore of that fleet of ships that 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 created screenwriter, and he and he, he took us all the way to Cannes Film Festival with with that short. That was a Milwaukee Forty Eight that we won with. Um, we, we got to film a Palooza with that. Um, screenwriter was certainly we we kind of played with the genre of fable. The lesson learned is uh, be careful what you wish for. But we, we certainly had now, we were showing how much experience we'd had as professional filmmakers. Because that film certainly mocks the process of professional filmmaking. I, I won't lie, Michael J. Beheimer is based on a couple of experiences that I've had working professionally as a writer. <laughs> <laughs> totally understand. Um, <laughs> uh, did... Um um, now, that's the uh, film that you were talking about earlier that made it all the, uh, all the way, uh, way to that con you were talking about. Yes, yeah, yeah. Those so, uh, ultimately, at that con, uh, did, uh, did it win any uh, uh, win anything there? Uh, how was its reception? Uh, reception was fantastic. It was it was very well received. There was only twelve short films that were played on the big screen at this uh, one of the most prestigious, in some people's eyes, the most prestigious film festival annually in the world. It was. It was an incredible experience, very humbling to to be among the company we were with, to see that red carpet, to know that that careers 
come to this festival and here we are this piddly little midwestern short film mocking the industry uh it was it was it was an awakening for us to to look at how far we'd come just to get there and this amazing opportunity to get there and how much further we still have to go to, okay. to walk amongst those prestigious films and and to be even considered amongst them we we felt like the beverly hillbillies <laughs> <laughs> I can I can definitely see that. So uh, uh, we, we didn't uh, win anything at cons, which is perfectly fine. Like we weren't going there to think thinking we were. But screenwriter has gone on to to be a very successful film for us. Cool. Um, ultimately, you uh, got into uh, four more shor uh, short films uh, called Unbuttoned, mm -hmm. like the first time Hol uh, 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 Holiday uh, One Hundred One and Stakeout Stories. Okay, so, so Holiday 101 was a follow-up to Interview 101. It was just another opportunity of like, hey, we're all together. Let's do a sequel, which I was totally against because I don't believe comedies should have sequels. But uh, Candace and Chad convinced me to do it, and it, I, I, I'm happy with how it turned out. And, and uh, we'll, we'll, uh, behind the scenes, we have a third one that's going to come out eventually. <laughs> cool. Um, like the first time was another example of out here in California, Renee and Alex and Xerxes. Xerxes wanting, he's like, I want to film something. Can you please come up? Let's just, I, I just, I'm sick of making wedding videos. Can you come up with something we can go out and film? And, and that's where, like, the first time came from, which was a darker turn for us. Um, no comedy in that one. Um, I, I had a lot of fun visualizing the differences with the first half of that film and the second half of that film. A great acting challenge for Renee and Alex, and Alex is terrifying in that short. I really am proud of his work in that. Um, and then, um, uh, like, well, let's see, like the first time, Hollow 101, um, Unbuttoned was another 48. That was that was another. That was the same week, the <laughs> same month that we did Screenwriter in, I believe. Um, and that was another shot at 48, where we shot it in Wisconsin. We shot it in my hometown of Kenosha. Chad and I are from Kenosha. We filmed it there, um, and that one, that one, if if you've watched it, it's all about it's. A, it looks like it's two films. It doesn't work as effectively watching it on YouTube, but in a film festival where the card comes up, you watch the film. The next movie's card comes up, you watch the film. I sat there in that audience, sweating bullets, wondering if we'd pull it off, if people would be tricked into thinking they were seeing a second short film and it worked and the audience just died over just laughed their asses off at that punchline that i was so i was like oh thank god it worked it was <laughs> such a relief <laughs> um and uh let's see what was the fourth film you mentioned uh stakeout stories stakeout stories so stakeout stories was a milwaukee 48 so that was last year or two years ago um, but uh, whatever the case may be, that is a oneer, which is a one continuous unbroken shot that we had considered doing many eight times before, but never had the guts to try to pull it off for a forty-eight. And okay. we, when we were conceptualizing stories, uh, myself, Chad as the producer, and um, uh, Tim Motor, who was our DP on that. When we were pitching stories, we were we were coming out. Well, okay, we like this, we like this, and then and then we thought we'd settle on an idea. And I was like, okay, I have one more pitch, guys, and I pitched 
was like, oh gosh, a, a, a bolt of lightning has just struck me. I have an idea. I'm going to pitch it. So I pitched, it's two cops on a stakeout, sitting in a car, all this wacky stuff is happening behind them. And Tim and Chad are nodding, like, okay, this is good. And I was like, but one nice thing, it's a wonder. And Chad just dropped his head and was like, oh, God. And Tim was like, yes. And then Chad looks up and goes, we're doing this. We're doing it, aren't we? And it was such a, a, a phenomenal technical challenge. And to, to go back to the you were wondering from production standpoint. Probably a good reaction from the t from the t team going uh, going like uh are we really ready for this yeah oh we the, the crew was so on board and and that that goes back to having that the experienced crew and the willingness of the crew and the enthusiasm of the crew the uh what we ended up filming that the, the one disappointment i have is that nobody filmed us behind the scenes and how we did it because we had a dolly track and a giant jib, and we had people waiting in the room. Like, all the orchestration of pulling that off was just ridiculous. And the fact that <laughs> nobody thought to film it behind the scenes. And, you know, it's, it's, it's because we didn't have Candace there. She was out in California at the time. If she had been there, we would have that memory for her. It's in my head. I remember how insane it looked behind the camera because it was like... Silently going, you go, you go, okay, now you go, no, wait, 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 okay, now you go, and, like, we did 11 takes of that, and we only, we had to be done at 11 p.m. We could not stay at that location. The alarms were going to go off if we were still there, <laughs> and so, and to contain it within the seven minutes, it was, I didn't know if we got it. Like, the, we, we had the wrap, and I'm sitting there, like, rubbing my face, like, I don't know if we got it. Was this a bad idea? And we hit the seven-minute time frame one frame from going over one single solitary frame from going over the time limit i once chad dropped it and i was like yes <laughs> died <laughs> awesome uh now ultimately you got involved uh in a project called uh, uh, tri uh tripped yes tripped how did you get involved with that uh, so tripped once again another 48 this is the chicago 48 and this was another um an, another fine challenge for us um we hit a lot of snags in the production of this one and it was it was definitely learning and growing experience um because it, it, this goes i keep talking about having a willing crew and an excited crew and an experienced crew and we are certainly an experienced crew going into this we had a couple of new people, and like a new gaffer, a new camera operator, some some new faces on screen. But we had the experienced production behind us. We had Chad leading the ship. But it's that willingness that I think mm -hmm. affected us overall. That we didn't come into the weekend excited to do it. That that there was a little bit of okay, we're doing another one of these, and that was the wrong attitude. And I think that that though I think trip turned out great i think there's some fun to be had in it I, I don't feel it's a strong piece for us because i can see the the unwillingness or the the lack of enthusiasm that we had brought previously to so many productions and and trip was kind of a, an awakening to us of like we're now doing this professionally we do this we make films i write we direct acts we're all doing this as our careers now and now it felt almost like an obligation to try to do a 48 and that was the wrong attitude we we 
we made a mistake in, in that respect, and I'm willing to admit that. That it may still have turned out, and people still enjoy it, but I can only see uh, the fallacies in it. Okay. Um, and then ultimately, uh, in, the, in the last year, you've uh, um, directed two more short films um, mm -hmm. called uh, Positive and Hot Dog. Uh, and uh, how did you get involved with those projects? So uh, those are both another uh, hot dog. Actually, is great because that's the one we just released, this, and I, this this is a fun one. I was at Candace's place. I was going to go jump in the pool. She offered to make me food. Food. I, I was like, well, she's like, go swim. I'm like, oh, about my food. We had the whole conversation as it is on screen practically, and Candace was like, that was funny. We should film that, and I said, yeah, let's film it. And so she, she made some little tweaks to, to what the, how we should do it, um, even coming up with the punchline in the end. <laughs> and, and we filmed it, just it's very sketch comedy, youtube style, um, shot it, and we edited it and released it the next day. We put it up online, just said, hey, here's a little thing, little thing we filmed yesterday. And one of our friends, Renee, who'd been in Violet and, and worked on uh, a couple other films with us, she said, Happy National Hot Dog Day. And lo and behold, it was National Hot Dog Day. Somehow, just by the alignment of stars, we shot a short film about a hot dog and released it on National Hot Dog Day completely unbeknownst to us. <laughs> I, I, I was like flipping out because I thought it was just the most incredible. Candace, Candace obviously was very surprised as well, but I'm like, No way! No way! <laughs> Um, and and positive was another YouTube sketch comedy kind of uh, let's have some fun and make something that I shot with Daniel Robbins, who's the the other actor in it. And um, I had directed a pilot for a TV series, a half hour comedy, just a few months earlier, and okay. we had such a great time working together that he was like, "Hey, let's get together and just shoot some stuff." And that's where positive came out of that. So. Um, the, the pilot I shot for him hasn't been released yet, um, but uh, keep an eye out because we may be releasing parts of it very soon. Cool. Um, and I'm just going to ask you about two uh, acting, um, uh, as, as, as acting roles that you have uh, played. Um, one being, you were in Star Trek? Yes. <laughs> uh, what's the other one, if I may ask? Uh, two Lava, Two Lanchula. Two Lava, okay. Let, let me tell you that one real quick. Um, Renee works for, um, she's involved with uh, LA Cops, which rents out all the police cruisers and SWAT equipment in Los Angeles. Okay. But like, we're one of the biggest rental companies for Hollywood Productions. And because she gets to, she's involved with that, anytime a production rents those equipment, they Hey, you want to be you want to be an extra? You want to be something small here? And whenever she has an opportunity like that, she'll just call up some of her friends and say, "Hey, you want to come be in this thing?" So yeah, I got to be on an extra in in uh, Steve Gutenberg's Two Lava Two Angela. <laughs> so that that was just a fun little thing. But you you mentioned Star Trek. So when I moved to California in two thousand end of two thousand seven. Um, I came out here to learn. I came out here to, to get myself on a real Hollywood set to just absorb and learn whatever I could about legitimate filmmaking. Before that, 
I had filmed stuff with my friends on camera. I had I even felt, helped a friend film a feature using a camcorder. Like I I had a I watched all the behind the scenes on Lord of the Rings. I know how major motion pictures are made. Um, and I came out here and learned about background acting, about being an extra. And Star Trek did an open casting call for extras, the background people that would be in the movie. Okay. And they only picked a hundred people. That line to get through that audition was three miles long. It was all over the news. And I was lucky enough to have been selected as one of the hundred people that got to be in that. Okay. And so my first few months out in California, I managed to land an extra role on a major motion picture, which at the time I thought was incredible. But to be honest, if you come out here, it's not that difficult. Uh, you now, can sign up. You, now, can you actually say that you actually got some screen time? Uh, I did, yes, yeah. I'm, uh, particularly the back of my head fills up the entire screen at one point. <laughs> <laughs> when, when Kirk is getting reprimanded, the camera pans behind somebody, and the, the whole big fat melon goes across the head, uh, across the screen. That's me. That's TC's <laughs> big head. <laughs> um, but that was an amazing experience. And I've, I've mentioned through the course of this interview, um, doing 48s as a great experience and learning where you are as a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. I absolutely recommend get on a, a set, be an extra, watch how a major motion picture is made because I had no clue what I was doing. Everything I thought I knew, I was wrong. I got on that set, I watched a big budget film being made and it was just incredible. Like, oh my gosh! The director doesn't even touch the camera. That's the director of photography's job. And, oh, the, the, the assistant director is the one who calls action. I never knew that. That's an, I thought the director did that. Like, all these <laughs> wonderful learning experiences. And, and I, I kept doing extra work. I, I, I've been ex an extra, and my list is, like, 75 things long. So I, <laughs> I got to be on TV shows. And, and, and I didn't go on to any of those things thinking, this is it. This is how I become a star. I went into every one of those things going, okay, what can I learn today? What can I... Hey, you're sitting around with other extras. Hey, what's your best experience? Tell me tell me your like favorite extra story. What's, and meeting people and learning the, learning the system um, was, was so exciting. And I, I so recommend it to anyone who, who wants to try to break into filmmaking. And then especially if you're going to take the chance of moving out into, into L.A., into Hollywood, sign up to be an extra it's you're paid to be there it's three <laughs> meals you get if it's long enough you get three four meals a day and you get a hundred bucks at the end of the day it's like there's no disadvantage to to being an extra at this point in time i'm going to ask you is there anything else uh, uh, is there anything in the future that you're working on that you'd like to uh, talk about uh, before uh, 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 that you're working on and uh, and then i'm going to ask you um where you can find your media and whatnot you can plug yourself and then we'll end the show. Uh, well, we, currently we are in post-production on The Princess Knights, which is our first feature film. Like, fully produced, I wrote it. It was the, it's actually the stage show that I was in the middle of production of when we did Filling In. It's, it was a, originally a stage musical with actors um, and uh, that I produced out of Burlington, about a two and a half hour show. And now we've adapted it into a feature film with Muppets, with, with, with actual full-fledged puppets. Um, not sack puppets, but like very Sesame Street, Kermit the Frog, Sweetums-looking puppets. And, um, 
And we've been in post-production for over a year now. It's a very visually uh, effects-heavy film. And it's another great learning and growing experience. But we are aiming right now, and because I'm saying this publicly, it's making it even more of a challenge to make it happen. We are looking at a Christmas release this year. Um, cool. for that. Um, and so that's, that is the big thing that uh, our team is, is pushing towards. Oh, is this a short film or a feature? This is a feature-length film. It's going to be just under two hours. Right now it's clocking in at an hour 45. It is a full oh. feature film. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah, I know. I, 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 uh, I remember, I remember put, uh, putting in on a, a couple of, uh, uh, puppet features, uh, yeah. when I was crowdfunding. So, uh, uh, so I know, I know I didn't catch yours, but, uh, but I know I caught another one. Um, <laughs> I appreciate the, the desire at least. <laughs> but, uh, it's funny. People have asked like, Oh, uh, uh, would you ever work with puppets again? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I know, like, the Trey Park and Matt Stone after Team America were like, never again. <laughs> However, I will say, had I known, had any of us known just how difficult it was going to be to work with puppets, I don't think we would have done it. I'm glad <laughs> we did it, and there's so much magic that has come out of it, but we've grown so much as filmmakers in the five years it's taken to make this movie. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, definitely something I can look forward to. Um, and uh, other people can look forward to because uh, it keeps pu uh, puppet magic alive. I mean, I remember watching, you know, Frago Rock and mm -hmm. Puppet Show and uh, all, uh, all those. And, you know, those were groundbreaking, uh, groundbreaking television shows for Muppets uh, in general. So yeah, yeah, we we set that bar at trying to be the Muppets. We did not achieve it. I'm going to be honest. We don't have the millions of dollars they have. But there's there's so much fun to be had with the Princess Knight as a as a feature with these puppets. I'm so looking forward to sharing it with everybody. It's just uh, whereas where with Halo the Fallen, it was a matter of like, no, this needs to get done. We're getting it done no matter what. With Princess Knight, it's we need to get it done, but we need to get it done right. We're not going to rush this. We're not going to just push it out. Um, people have put too much effort into it to just say, ah, good enough. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Most definitely. Um, now, where can we find uh, uh, find your uh, cont uh, contact stuff? Uh, uh, um, uh, we can find you on Facebook, correct? Sure, sure, sure. So you can actually, I want to plug all of us at first. So you can find Redacted Media on Facebook.com slash Redacted Media LLC. That's where all of our short films go up. We we put out, uh, we have a couple podcasts that we do regularly. If you want to listen to, if you enjoyed listening to me for the past hour, uh, you can listen to me talk for more hours. Um, and so Redacted Media LLC on Facebook, you can find us there. You can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Redacted Media. And you can also find us on Twitter at Redact Yourself and Instagram at Redact, which Candace just made for us. It's, what is it? Redacted, Re Redacted Media. You can find us on Instagram. Me personally, if you'd like to track me down, because I do, I do do much more beyond the Redacted Media Library. Um, you can find me at uh, on Twitter and on Instagram at TC's Big Head, and you can always find me on Facebook. And I, obviously, as I've just proven, I'm happy to chat for as long as anyone wants to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you being able to come on and uh, talk extensively about your career, like you have. Yeah, uh, thank you for I, having me. I, 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 I often just listening to how you know uh, how what goes on behind you know the scenes of you know what uh, what goes on. Um, and, uh, I'm sure 
not a lot of people have gone through your film career like I have. Yeah, well, I don't even know if I've ever sat down and gone so in such detail. So I appreciate the opportunity. To, I, I definitely don't. Uh, I won't let it go to my head that uh, <laughs> we just did this. <laughs> but yeah, most definitely. So I appreciate you being able to come uh, come on and uh, be on, uh, and. Uh, a talk with me. I definitely enjoyed listening to, uh, to you. Uh, I enjoy learning more, uh, uh, more about the f uh, filmmaking process, being a producer and, and uh, being someone who is more of a watcher and, uh, uh, of films. I definitely enjoyed mm -hmm. this conversation and hopefully this will be helpful to you because I actually do have a somewhat of a following. So, um, cool. Thank you. Uh, and, uh, hopefully, um, be, uh, maybe you can come back and uh, talk to me about uh, the reception of uh, Princess uh, Princess uh, Princess Knight. I would love to. I would love to come back in the future and talk again with you, even even if it's just to to just just hang out and chat. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Alrighty. Well, uh, that's all the t uh, time we have for today, folks. So uh, definitely ch uh, check out this interview and uh, uh, check out some of his work uh, work on online. You can uh, you can find us here. Uh, um, on Facebook, here on YouTube, uh, tube, and uh, um, you can uh, definitely listen to the, uh, this wh uh, whenever you want. So, <laughs> in any case, have a good afternoon, fo uh, folks. I definitely have some more cool reviews for uh, for you coming up. So, uh, and uh, uh, who knows who I'll be interviewing next? In any case, have a good afternoon, fo uh, folks, and like, subscribe, and listen. Last mile This is called a neuralizer. It's a gift from some friends from out of town. This red eye here will isolate the electronic impulses in your brains, and more specifically the ones for memory. Oh, that's good, fellas. Give me a splay burn around the perimeter with holes at 40, 60, and 80 meters from right here. Thank you. That's good. Thank you. What in the hell is going on? Excellent question, and the answer you're looking for lies right here. Who are you? Really? Really? I am just a figment of your imagination. Damn, what a gullible breed. <laughs>